T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Steve Rosenblum. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Dang right. 708 Texture, the best suckiest show on radio. Good morning. And now it's good afternoon. Welcome in. Welcome back. Saturday Suckage broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We're going to talk White Sox, so I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry in advance. I'm not sorry to be joined by our next guest on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, because there's always there's always the details. Jim Margallis of Sox Machine, what I admire, what I love is he just you just notice things, Jim. You notice things, you have a unique ability to put them in, to layer them, put them in perspective, to have the right details where I need to know them, which only makes my palm hit my forehead more often. But I wanted to mention that and thank you for all the pain you're you're about to dole out to our listening audience, Jim. Well, I I really appreciate that intro. I think. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I think you know uh, when you write about the White Sox and, and spend time talking or, or or writing or thinking about the White Sox, I think you just have to take whatever compliments you get because otherwise you can get you can catch some crossfire. You can. I appreciate you coming on, and I and I uh, appreciate the 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 way you have gone about dissecting all the many problems. And while we'll get to Lenin Sosa and the manager's refusal to take Leary Garcia out because you just can't live without a 188 hitter. And God knows, how could you play a rookie because or an unknown? Because look what look how your mean Mercedes saved their, their team last year, saved their season last year early. But the... What the Baltimore Orioles did so flashily, if that's a word, and if it's not, I just used it, yesterday, they caught the ball, they made throws, they made defensive plays. One of the things that is inexcusable for this Hall of Famer baseball person manager is in my world to see this this team can't catch, throw the ball, can't make the right play. They can't save themselves from looking worse, and they can't save their pitchers from throwing more pitches because innings get extended by sloppy fielding. Of all of the things that gall you about the White Sox, the team you want to write about winning, where does that rank and how often does that creep up on you? 
It's up there, but I think I treat it more as a byproduct of the White Sox not hitting home runs. Um, I, I think, you know, the idea was with, you know, an, an outfield that featured in some kind of permutation, Eloy Jimenez, Andrew Vaughn, and Gavin Sheets rotating through quarter spots, you know, you're not going to get range there. You're not going to get a whole lot of coverage. You're going to be relying on Luis Roberts and fill-in work from Adam Engel. And then A.J. Pollock showed up late, but I, I don't think he was part of the original construction of this roster. But I think the idea was that they're going to give up some hits. They're going to give up some extra bases uh, because of some, you know, whether it's poor routes or um, just lack of coverage, lack of range, but they're going to make up for it with homers. And when you're getting out homered at home uh, with this kind of lineup and, and, and with these kind of compromises you're making elsewhere on the team, that's when it really hurts. So I, I think, you know, it's, it's annoying certainly to watch the Orioles run circles around them in the outfield, but I think it's, you know, doubly so when you realize like, Oh, they're not even getting the offensive benefits of having this poor defensive outfield. They're rolling out there. Talk with Jim Margalis of Sox machine here on score. Steve Rosenblum and Saturday suckage with you. So of course we're, we're talking socks. The, the pitching staff, I, I don't know. It seems tenuous at this point. You're, you're getting enough performances that, if, as you talk about, if you got power, if you got home runs, if you could score runs. But when you're not scoring runs, I don't know about the I don't know the resistance to putting anybody, even a Lenin Sosa in, who seemed to have skipped a level. What are you a lineupista? Do you whatever the current Sox manager has done? Do you have? major issues with it is it just simply a function of whoever can throw down the cane or the walker and get up and bat that's who's going to bat how do you look at that today i think generally speaking with lineups i don't really get too hung up on one guy hitting it from another as long as the best hitters or I should say, as long as the worst hitters are not getting in the way of the best hitters. So, you know, whether, whether it's one through five, one through six, um, you know, whoever Luis Robert was hitting or whatever Tim Anderson was hitting before he took off the leadoff spot, um, you know, Andrew Vaughn, as he was trying to get ready to prove himself to be somebody who didn't need to be platooned and, and didn't need to be shielded against good right-handed pitching, like people would be complaining about him hitting six. And I'm like, well, he's hitting in the top six, you know, don't really care that much. Um, you know, in time, I think it'll even itself out. So when I look at the lineup card, I more or less see who's starting, who's not available. But uh, when it comes to like, say, you know, Larry Garcia batting leadoff or batting third, which is somehow worse than him batting leadoff or like, <laughs> Rondall, when, when he didn't look, you know, when he obviously looked compromised by his, lower body, like he wasn't getting his legs into a swing. And when it looked, you know, kind of week after week, series after series, that this is not going to be improving anytime soon and to see him hitting third or fourth or fifth in the, in the middle of things and being uh, somebody who just uh, dragged everything down, you know, that that's where I started to notice it. Um, when it comes to like a, uh, you know, Lenin Sosa batting first, that's the kind of thing where um, I, I know Jim Leland was a uh, promoter of that kind of attitude. Like when they'd call up a prospect, they'd bat him, he'd bat him first or second, kind of sending the message that, hey, you're now that you're on the roster, you're a major leaguer. We're not going to shield you. You know, you, you should feel as comfortable batting first as you are batting ninth. Uh, we believe in you. And, and so, like for a game at a time, I don't get too hung up on, you know, just trying to be a setting a tone, confidence booster, trying to give a different look that sort of thing. But it is a little weird to see Sosa batting first after not playing at all 
yesterday, you know, starting Garcia in front of them. And then when it came to like later in the game with Gavin Sheets batting for himself against the lefty reliever and not bringing Sosa in for that either. So it is a little bit of a, a whiplash in terms of, you know, you go from one game where Sosa isn't able to start for a team that, you know, because they desperately need a, a you know, a competent offensive effort. So they roll Garcia out there and sheets against the lefty uh, to him batting first after losing two games in a row to Baltimore. That's where it gets a little bit uh, like, you know, it, to me, it, it struck me a little bit like managing by spite in that like, Oh, oh fans, you want to see Lenin Sosa? Okay. He's batting first. He's getting more bats than anybody. Are you happy? <laughs> that's kind of how I read it. Uh-huh. Looking at the lineup card itself. I don't know if that's true, but you know, when you're, uh, when you're attuned to uh, not getting what you want, when you get what you want, uh, then you wonder what the catch is. Jim Margallis is my guest. Sox Machine is where you can find him. We're talking White Sox here on The Score. I I talked earlier about what, what seems to be, I, I pointed to that, and I pointed the way coaches and managers will use players to send messages that that they're letting, almost like, I confess he did it. This guy's up here. The manager says he's hot as a pistol. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna play him. What do you think of that? Oh, you want me to play him? All right, I'm gonna lead him off, like you said. I remember the famous story that Big Cat Williams tells about Cade McNown is mm-hmm. you wanted him, you got him, and he left Cade McNown in for the worst quarterback performance ever, and that was <laughs> that was Dick Geron's revenge on all the people who wanted Cade McNown to play. And these kind of messages get sent. I remember covering a lot of what Mike Keenan did and Bob Pulford and, and how they would do that back and forth. This guy's not, oh, okay, we're going to put this guy here. Well, look what he did. Look what he didn't do. And I, along with Tony LaRusso's loud and inconsistent defense or or using as an offensive weapon analytics, I tied that all together as what we suspected was a a fracture in that front office manager's office relationship, and now it seems in my world I'm connecting those dots. Are you doing that too? Do you see more of it seeping out, or am I just a conspiracist who's never met a conspiracy he didn't want to embrace? <laughs> uh, I, I try to check those impulses just because, you know, um, just with the all the vibes coming off the White Sox and just how unpopular uh, the hire of Tony LaRusso was in the first place, you know, I, I try to temper my impulses to say, like, every, you know, draw everything back to him and just that he screwed up everything because I think, you know, a lot of it could be true, but also it just can get in a way where you're just railing and, and railing and railing and, and, and not actually, like, close to the big picture. And in this case, like to me, it's hard to separate, you know, that, you know, the, you know, maybe more petty uh, gestures and, and reactions versus just the fact that it seems like everybody's hurt and everybody's uh-huh. playing less than a hundred percent. And, and, you know, nobody can run a hundred percent. And, you know, like there was that weird moment a um, couple games ago where, you know, Luis Robert did not run, he, he didn't run a first. He could have you know, turned a single into an easy double, but he had to settle for a single. And Steve Stone said he was dogging out of the box. Then after the game, LaRusso said that Robert's dealing with leg soreness. And then he sits the next day and then he starts the day after. And like, you don't know if this is like benching or if it's, uh, you know, 
guys who can't run, be, and, and you can trust that they, they shouldn't run because every time they do run the first base of the max effort or every other time, they, they pull up lanes. So it, it's, you know, it's basically like a minefield, those 90 feet. And you see that happen enough, and you think, like, okay, I understand it in these individual instances why the effort is lacking, but then you get to a point where just everybody's effort is lacking, and that's going to make the product seem flatter than it already is. And, and so um, I, I really can't separate that versus, you know, any, any kind of more minor moves to, you know, one, I think with Garcia, I think he loves Garcia and he wants desperately for him to get him, you know, back into a groove. Like he had this in St. Louis. He loved Aaron miles. He loved skip Schumacher. Like he loves him a utility guy, uh, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of how well he's hitting just uh, manager's best friend. And I, I, and even, you know, Joe McEwing, they, the one year they overlapped, I think in St. Louis, uh, he asked for a pair of McEwing spikes to remember him by. Like, he gets really attached to utility guys. So I think Garcia, you know, that part I don't think is spite because I, for whatever reason, um, he just sees uh, Garcia as a structural necessity on this roster. Cannot move, everything will collapse. Uh, when it comes to the, the move like Sosa going from zero to 60 and uh, can only you know get a couple of bats in a mop-up situation after a guy's hurt to batting leadoff in a game that feels, yeah, it's not a must win, but it you know feels like they really could stand to win it. Uh, yeah, that, that feels a little bit sketchy. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't say, um, you know, put it in print and <laughs> <laughs> be uh, uh, yeah, uh, be be at risk of libeling somebody, but just you know, it's worth given just how uh, you know, the, to to put a, a a vague point on it. Um, you know, just the vibes are off, and 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 everything seems awry and askew. Like, may as well just you know have that in your back pocket. Jim Margallis, last question for you. Jim Margallis of the Sox Machine is my guest. Lucas Giolito, what's your level of concern and how easily could it, I mean, 947 ERA in the last five starts, it's not going well, but what is your level of concern, how his history of being able to figure things out, sometimes it takes an off season. Where are you with Lucas Giolito? I think my uh, a scale of one to 10, I'd say it's about a six. Uh, I think the reason why it's not higher is that he seems healthy. The velocity is Usually where it is, you know, my read on him is that the spin rate on his fastball is down. And I think, you know, with his mix being so unusual, you know, being able to float those changeups in any count to any hitter, righty or lefty, um, you know, you don't see many pitchers being able to do that. And I think we're seeing in this recent stretch why uh, most pitchers are not able to throw changeups on a regular basis to right-handed hitters because, you know, it just breaks right into their wheelhouse if they see it or can adjust for it. And I think with the spin rate down, like the fastball doesn't have the kind of jump it normally has. And that just make, might make the changeup more hittable. And from that point, he needs to rely on his slider more and the slider is his third pitch, not his second pitch. So I think it's, you know, his pitch arsenal, his construction, the way he goes about uh, strategizing for it, it you know, might be more delicate than it is for somebody like Gavin or uh, uh, Dylan Cease, who can uh, just uh, you know kind of rotate between his fastball and his slider, depending on which one he wants to throw more. So, you know, personally, I think you know it, it might take a little bit of time for him to realize what he's doing wrong in the fastball. I think my concern, 
you know, the, the reason why it's only a six is because he seems healthy. And also because like Johnny Cueto has been a godsend and uh, Lance Lynn improved from his last time out. Dylan Cease improved from his last time out. Michael Kopech has been fine. So this rotation is good. And, and even like Giolito struggling now, like he's, you know, if he's the fifth starter for the time being, uh, you know, that's better than most rotations. So, you know, I look at it as the rotation is really not the issue. It's, uh, you know, really comes down to the offense and enough position players being healthy and being able to provide enough leads to give the bullpen in, you know, easy series once in a while. Well, that's about the happiest note we've hit on in this course of the interview. So I don't want to chance it. I don't want to go back down the other way. Jim, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. <laughs> Oh, always a pleasure. Jim Margallis of Sox Machine. There you go. Hit home runs. Everybody else is. Maybe this will be the Lenin Sosa game. I'm Steve Rosemont. We'll take a break. Uh, we will take you up to Cubs pregame with Zach Zabeman at 1240. And um, I have Cesar Perez. Before we go to break, I want to – are you a nerd? Are you a – are you a knee, a nerd, a geek, or you have? Because I have a really. In what way? In, w- in what way are you nerd saying nerd. Uh, a nerd? In what way? Um, are you a Star Wars nerd? Yes, I am definitely a Star Wars nerd. Okay, so I have a Star Wars nerd note, and I have a wonderful hockey quote, and um, another cl- hockey question for my um, my texters who live in hockey land, and we never we don't talk about it, but. I just wanted to bring this up, I bring that up too. But we have a we have a nerd note. I know if is um, Studs is there, right? Isn't he a Star Wars nerd? Isn't he? A... Studs is right next to me, and he's very excited that you mentioned Star Wars. Okay, well, this would be something that Studs would like to have himself, uh, I would imagine. So we'll discuss that. He can open up a mic, open up a mic if he wants. I'm Steve Rosenblum. It's Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score. Steve Rosenblum. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Wow. The March. He's playing the March. Look at that production, Cesar Perez. Broadcasting from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. I'm Steve Rosenblum. News and notes before we get out of here. Dan Weeder of the Tribune of the Tribune tweeted. Uh, 9 o'clock hour this morning, the Bears have finalized the rookie contract of DB Kyler Gordon, the team's top pick in April's draft. So, that apparently why he was not practicing, make sure he's got a contract, and now he's done. And while they were off on their vacation, the Bears had another player arrested. Wow, this is quite the culture change that we were all clamoring for. Bears linebacker Matt Adams was arrested Thursday night in Chicago on a misdemeanor charge of unlawful firearm possession, according to police. He also was cited for having high-capacity magazines and metal-piercing bullets, a violation of city code. So Byron Pringle was arrested for reckless driving and doing donuts with a suspended license with child in the car. And boy, is this just a whole new... Era, what a regime change this has been with the face-planning rookie general manager, Ryan Poles, and the hits principal coach. I had written down hits principal for Matt Eberflus. He is the stooge, H-I-T-S. 
And a texture did it better, uh, 206 texture. Don't you know Matt Eberflus said HIT stands for he's in the slammer. <laughs> Nicely played. All right, Caesar, Trash Panda. Yo, what up? Nexus. We're at the Nexus of Nerds and the National Pastime. Sean Doolittle, we talked about him on this show. Sean Doolittle, reliever. And his wife, Iran, um, I think, what would do do? That was their Twitter, one of their Twitter accounts. So he reached 10 years in the majors. To celebrate that, his Nationals teammates bought him a Darth Vader mask. That's dope. It, it was signed by David Prowse, the actor who was in the suit for the original trilogy. They couldn't get James Earl Jones, huh? Yeah. Say wait, one one at a they, time. They couldn't get James Earl Jones to sign it too. Just the just he the wasn't guy in the suit. suit. David Prowse wore the mask. That's true. All right. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just you know, we you got to get both of them to get the the full essence. That would be good, and that's not to say it might not happen. But I just thought the nexus of nerds and the national pastime. What if you got that? Studs, Caesar, you got you nerds. I mean, what, what, how, imagine the surprise. Rank it for me. Where would that be? The surprise? Uh, on a yeah, scale, the surprise. Of, scale, of 10, that, were... scale of 10, scale of 10, I'd probably put that at about a 7. That's pretty cool. I've like, always thought a, a Boba Fett one would be really cool. They sell the Boba Fett ones too, and I've always thought, man, that would be really cool to have one of those Boba Fett uh, helmets that, that he wears. I don't know why they don't. Do the cross tie-in with boba ice cream. I would think that that's the the natural, the dessert and the boba fat and do the whole thing like that. But I guess they don't need it. Um, okay, I just thought I wanted to share with my nerd producers that that little note. You can I, appreciate it. I I heard I something. I I can't I can't remember where I read this, and so but I did I did hear that when they were filming the original trilogy specifically the the first movie, A New Hope, right? They didn't tell the guy in in the suit that he wasn't going to be the voice also. So he's, like, doing all the lines for Vader in this, like, passionate uh-huh. way <laughs> and delivering them. And then, you know, they dubbed him over with James Earl Jones. Yeah, that was David Prowse. So so they didn't get to see him with his with his sad face, with his unhappy face. Yeah, but they Sean didn't. Doolittle I just think it's so done. funny that he's doing all these lines and he had no idea they were going to dub him over. So you, White Sox fan over there, um, Lenin Sosa leads off today for the White Sox. And he was, as his titular general manager, Rick Hahn said, hot as a pistol. And this hot streak started with um, something like... He was a he was the player of the month in the Southern League for May, and he he slashed 351, 388, 649. His hot streak um, took a big spike with a single against the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Hell yeah! Yeah, you go. That's it. It's your team. I love it's it. Your name. I love it. It's whatever. Okay. Oh, did you? All right. So since the, I have you, all right, Steve. There is a team in Springfield, a baseball team. I, I can't remember what league they're in, but they're they're called the Springfield Horseshoes, which is amazing. You know that you, you know what a horseshoe is, right? Not the not the thing that goes on the foot of a horse, but like the dish, the horseshoe, the food, the culinary item. 
Or am I, I do not. I'm not speaking your language. A horseshoe that, that, that is, are you going to be able to explain this on the radio? Or would, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Would yeah. Jeopardize it's, the right, license? We, we need to get, it, it's, it's, a, it's a central Illinois staple, specifically in Springfield. You can't really get it in much other places. But and I know I know you're running out of time. I didn't mean to steal the show here. But it's it's basically it's a, a piece of Texas toast and then a, a, some kind of meat item, usually a burger, covered every covered in fries and then covered in cheese sauce. It's amazing. But there's a team in Springfield that is named after that food item now, and it's it's awesome. I need I need their hat. What does their hat look like? It's. And a picture of a their 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 logo is a horseshoe like the food item, and oh, and their colors their are like logo blue. is a cheese covered French fry hamburger. Yes, it's amazing. Who could resist that? All right, thanks, Trash Panda or or horseshoe. I guess we'll just call you horseshoe, whatever it is. And by the way, happy anniversary, belated happy anniversary to Sweet Alice and Shooter. You tweeted out that picture. She was. They were quite the hippies, quite the, your dad had the 70s hair and mom had the dress and she was going to San Francisco with flowers in her hair. Dude, that was a shot. All right. Thank you people for listening to Saturday Suckage, Cesar Perez for producing this thing. We had Mark Schnowski on from Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast and we had Jim Margallis on from Sox Machine. If nobody important listened, we'll be back next week. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait Wait a minute, minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait. Wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.